Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. Thanks for joining us today for an inspiring message from our West location. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Find us, all of that. And, um, and I think that's probably all I need to say. I want to get into a... Um, I want to get into a, this is part three of a Closer Walk, and uh, super excited about this morning, about what the Holy Spirit will do here today. Really excited. Uh, zero pressure on me, lots of pressure on him. He's going to meet you guys in supernatural ways today, and I'm just really, really excited about that. And um, we've, we've had three so far. The first one, Pastor Phil set the pace with prayer as a... You're, you're not going to get any closer to Jesus than your prayer life. Uh, uh, any relationship without communication is no relationship at all. <laughs> you're not relating. And so, so prayer is not a one-way communication. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. A marriage where only one person was speaking all the time would not be a marriage for long. So Pastor Phil set a, a, the standard really high on prayer. And, um, and I'm just, here's what, here's what I'm so encouraged with is that, um, that prayer goes to different levels as we continue to walk with him. It's not just, the, the way that I pray today is not even close to how I prayed uh, 30 years ago. It's completely changing. Every year it's changing for me. I needed a fresh understanding of prayer this week. And wow, did the Lord ever refresh me. And uh, it's all about getting closer to him. I remember going to my aunt's door, and um, she was the Sunday school superintendent of our church, and I came to the door. I was asking, they lived just down the road from us on the farm, and I went to, um, I can't remember what I was doing, but I knocked on her door. She came to the door in tears. I said, are you okay? She said, yeah, I've just been praying. I thought, whoa, devil doesn't have a chance in your family if... You're that moved by prayers. It shocked me. I've never seen someone that moved that their emotions were actually touched in prayer. And, um, and if your emotions aren't touched, you're probably hard-hearted because God needs to soften our hearts and work up the soil. Um, the second, la- last week, we talked about the, the priority of the Word of God, time in the Word. And um, yeah, so here's the point about prayer. It goes to different levels. As we get closer and as we continue to walk with him, it changes. Um, in the word, we all know that God breathed on the word. Men were inspired or moved along because God had breathed on his word. Here's what I need to say to us. He's still breathing on his word. It's, it's not that, that he breathed on it one day. He breathes on it every day that we open it up to read it. It wasn't one breath. It's an ongoing breath. When you, have, have you had the breath of God on your Bible time? And, and time in the Bible requires time. Selah. Serious. Takes time. Meditating on the Word takes work. And, um, and so today I want to talk about um, walking in the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. And, um, and I just feel like sometimes... 
Uh, Let me be just a little controversial before I start. Save you time getting offended later. You can just start right now. (laughs) Um, Let me say it in a way that might be hard for you to understand, but but stay with me. Um, We are not filled with the Spirit one day. I know there's a moment, but there is ongoing fillings of the Holy Spirit that take place throughout our life. Have you had the second and the third and the fourth filling? It can can actually be parallel to our salvation. Were you saved or are you being saved? Yes. Answer is yes. You, You had a moment where you were born again. And you're a baby and you're learning to walk. But you have to keep walking, am I right? And, and that walk continues throughout our life. It's so encouraging to listen to Levi's grandma, her funeral we did yesterday, Friday at 88, and they talked about in 19, the 1950s, the 1940s, when she was baptized in the Holy Spirit? 1946, you remember the time. 1946, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. My grandma and grandpa were baptized in the spirit of that same bridge. The the, the question was not were you baptized once. Have you continued to walk in the spirit throughout your life? It's obvious to me that your grandma did. And my grandma did too, largely, I think. I mean, she's she's gone. But but here's going to be the question of our life. Were you filled or are you being filled? Because Paul would say, be being filled. If we would use the Greek word for filled, it's being filled. It's a continual filling. Uh, I can't count how many times I've been filled with the Spirit. I know there was a moment, a week after I was saved, actually five days after I was saved, a man, inv- uh, a couple invited us over to their house, and they started talking about the Holy Spirit and, and kept asking, would you like to be filled with, or isn't it, it's, it's so great or something to be filled with the Spirit? And I finally <laughs> plugged in, <clears throat> and I said, <clears throat> uh, I said, well, aren't I? They said, well, you've received the Holy Spirit, but there's another experience about being baptized in the Spirit. I said, really? There's more? It gets better? They said, yeah. So that night, uh, in a moment, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And before that, I had this great sense of the love and the peace of God. But after that, I had the power of God. It was a completely different experience. So um, having said that... I want you to just um, reflect on this a little bit because I want you, we're going to read from Acts, the book of Acts 1 and um, 8, well, verse 8 and on. And we're going to go off and on through there. And then I'm going to pray for people to be filled or refilled or whatever is happening. Things of the Spirit actually are not always naturally comprehended. Not always. <clears throat> we, 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 we move and walk and by faith. That's what we do. When... when In Genesis chapter 1, there was darkness and there was chaos. And then the Holy Spirit, as he came and hovered, he brought order. And and, and if you you can just receive or understand this, is the, the unlimited creative potential of the Holy Spirit in creation and his activity in that. And, uh, and I honestly think that any, any dimension of creativity is a result of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. They may not know it. But creativity doesn't come in and of ourselves. That's somewhat arrogant, I think. All right, so let me just take, uh, take you through a little journey through uh, understanding the Holy Spirit a little bit more as we 
as we're on our topic about uh, walking in the Spirit. And last week I prayed for people who are facing dryness. The, the solution to dryness is living water. That's the solution. Um, <clears throat> so I want you to turn your Bible to Acts chapter 1. May we see this for the first time. Um, Acts chapter 1, and just, um, I don't need too much preamble on that other than um, the Lord had done a 40-day conference with the lads and others. You can read that in verse 2. Excuse me, during the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and proved to them many ways that he was actually alive. I love that. And on these occasions, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And in one of those meetings, as he was eating a meal, just, you can just picture this, right? They're just having dinner, and he begins to chat. And he says, uh, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you what he promised. And he's a promise keeper. He, he, here's what he's doing. He, he says, okay, you ready, everybody here at the table? Yeah, wait for it. Wait for it. Remember, I told you about this before. John the Baptist, he baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, they would have had a context of watching John the Baptist Baptist baptizing, and he would have had a a message. Uh, Somebody last week did a John the Baptist fast. I haven't heard of that before. They did honey and locusts. I wonder how that went. I know. Um, Where do you get locusts these days? Anyway, anyway. So anyway, they would have had a context of John taking people down by the river and then immersing them and then bringing them back up. So in their mind, they would have been able to see, ah, uh, here's people, you know, like this, and all of a sudden they're uh, completely underwater and then coming up dripping wet. So the picture, the image, the immersion picture for them would have been very clear. And so in in verse 6 it says, when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, so Lord, are you going to free Israel now and are you going to restore the kingdom And he says, you don't worry about the dates. They're they're set. Uh, And and they're not for you to know specifically. But when the Holy Spirit has come, he he says, one's going to come. I I promise one is going to come. When he has come, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere. He he said that there's going to be a, a, a shift in your understanding and, and experience with me. We, we all know the great commandment, and most of us understand the great commission. This is the great condition. He said, don't go until you've got what I'm sending. It, it's pretty easy to go without being sent. That's having went. But there's being sent, which is much different. And, and he says, and when you do, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. If you would turn your page back one page of John chapter 20, these ones had already received the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus breathed on me and said, receive. But they had not yet been immersed. They'd already received. And maybe you have received the Holy Spirit. But have you been baptized in the Spirit? Now the picture would have been them going under the water, coming up completely wet. It would have been an external evidence. When you, when you got born again, it was an internal witness. Uh, Jesus would meet with the fearful theologian Nicodemus at night. He's a little nervous. And he said, unless you're born again, yeah, you, you, you need to be born of the flesh, but, but, but un, until you're born of the spirit, 
You won't be able to see the kingdom of God. He, he's reminding them that there's another birth. It's called the new birth. And, and this is a spiritual birth where we repent of our sin, we turn to Christ, we trust him separate from our efforts of goodness. Nothing that we have done, everything that Christ has done through the atoning work of the cross, his overcoming death, his burial, his resurrection, being born of the spirit, but not walking in the spirit yet. This is a lifelong effort and it requires the helper, the Holy Spirit, to keep walking. So we don't want to confuse, uh, be confused with terms. There's many different terms. Just not, don't want to get you confused because many times we hear, and all through history, there's been lots of terms about what it means to be filled or to be baptized or to be immersed or just, just kind of not worry too much about the terms. Think of the experience. And uh, let's not argue over terms. I've already prayed that through. You won't, you won't get confused with that. Um, such a strong image. And um, the, other, the other image that I, that's found in Matthew chapter 3, uh, John the baptizer, he's introducing Jesus. And uh, this is the first introduction of Jesus. It may be one of his most profound mission statements of all because he's being introduced. What you, how you introduce a person tells a lot about what that person's like. And he says, I baptize with water, but there's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus would have been known to everybody on the banks of the baptism that day as the, as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and fire. I think, I, I would say that the, some of you, even if you've been filled with the Spirit, actually once you get filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the next processes is the fire, the purifying fire of God, where he cleanses you and, 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 and um, yeah, that's not, not as much fun. <clears throat> but, um, but and, and so, so Acts chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 3, that one's going to come. This is like the fulfillment of that now. And then in Acts chapter 2, it actually happens. This is what, how it takes place. And, and it's so exciting to see this. Because, because understanding that someone has received the Spirit is a little bit different than somebody who is saturated with the Holy Spirit and is running out of them. It's not enough to be filled with the Spirit. You need to be spilt. Um, Ezekiel says, he said this, he says that there's a river and it flows from the throne of God. And and this is is the picture of that. And every place that that river goes, there's going to be life. If you wondered if there's more to life, the question is, yes, there is. It's the author of life wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And the experience of his life in you throughout your whole life. But it's going to require refillings. We leak. So it's pretty interesting because the question then becomes, so who is this infilling for? Because one of the myths throughout evangelical history has been, now that was only for the apostles. Okay, well, if that's the case, we need to read our Bibles. That's not here at all. And, and, I, and I've just reread the book of Acts this week, and I'm, I, I am just so astounded at the things that I saw after they were baptized. They were so different than before they were baptized in the Spirit. They're completely different. These are different people. And it's so encouraging to see that. Um, so who is it for? Well, Acts Chapter 2 and verse 39 pretty well covers that. He says it's for four groups of people. 
Acts chapter 4, verse 39. <clears throat> Peter said, okay, turn from your sins, turn to God, be baptized for the forgiveness of sin. Then you'll receive the Holy Spirit, verse 38. This promise is for you. Let me reiterate this. This promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. And you, and you, and you, and you. We watched the sound of music over Christmas. And you, and you, and you. It's for you. It's for you. Um, where am I? And, and it's for your children. Anybody got kids? It's for your children. This is for you and your children. Uh, actually, one of the questions I ask my kids all the time uh, about being filled in the Spirit and are you speaking in tongues? Um, there's some in the room. I'll just leave it at that. Um, no, but I mean, they're good kids. It's, it's good. It's all good. Um, this promise is for you, your children, and even for the Gentiles. Any Gentiles here? <laughs> Dang near all of you. Any Jews? Any partial Jews? <laughs> Any Jews by rebirth? That's all of us. Okay, so he says it's for you, it's for your children, for the Gentiles, and all who have been and all who have been called by the Lord our God. How many here have been called? All y'all. What's the baptism and who is the baptism for? Y'all, everybody. It's not just for them then. I'm emphasizing this because there's a whole bunch of stuff about, no, no, it was for back then. It's not for back then. Don't believe that lie. It's for now. And it's for you and it's for your kids and for everybody who's called on the name of the Lord. Okay, so who's force for everybody? Pretty well covers everybody. Um, in chapter 2 and verse 16, he, he says, um, people were saying, they, they saw what happened when the Holy Spirit came. And they said, people started saying, oh, they're acting, acting a little bit different. They look like they're drunk. Um, whatever that looks like. I mean, you know, kind of what it looks like, but it might look a little different, but it might look the same because they're actually accused of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, what you see this morning is what was promised in the book of Joel. There shouldn't be any surprise if anybody who's read their Bible. In the book of Joel, he says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to pour out my spirit on what? All flesh. <laughs> Not just the 12 or the 72 or the 112. Or who, who did he pour his spirit out on? All flesh. And he said, when I pour my spirit out on all flesh, I'm just trying to make this clear. Is it clear? Hallelujah. Uh, in the last days, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And he says, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. What's one example of being filled with the spirit? You will prophesy if you want. I'm not forcing you to. Anybody interested in prophesying? Boy, what a great gift. Well, I, I, can't, I, I can't say, um, I know as a father, when I give our gift kids, what I want them to do is I want them to be excited about the gift. That's why, that's why Paul said, well, pray that you prophesy. So I'm just, I can't imagine the heart of the father when he gives the gift of the Holy Spirit to his kids and they go, yeah, play with the box rather than the toy. I just we want to read about that. We don't want to like, what's that do to the heart of God? He's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why? Billy Graham said, I can't imagine God filling anybody through the Holy Spirit if they weren't going to use it. He's got a great, boy, if anybody wonders whether Billy Graham was filled with the Holy Spirit or not, hello. He may have had a different experience that you might understand, but no one walked closer to God than for, for the last, well, I don't know. Anyway, 
Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see vision. Any young men here? Everybody's lying except a couple of young guys. Well, he, but he said, but old men, too, will dream dreams. Actually, the, in the Passion Translation, it, it refers to uh, uh, grandpas and priests. Anybody priest? We're all part of the priesthood, but you're also part of the prophethood. Help us, Lord. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. Your old men will see visions. Here's what he's saying. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, it's going to make a change in your life. Don't get worked up about what that change is going to be. Just go with the flow. Just flow with it. Walk with it. This is such an exciting thing for the next decade for y'all. And he says, in those days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon what? Servants, all my servants. Anybody interested in having your spirit poured out on you if you're a servant? Men, women, amen, women. And they'll prophesy. One of the great evidences being filled with the Holy Spirit is prophesying. Such a great... Don't get hung up about, well, do you speak in tongues? The question is, do you have the word of the Lord and are you releasing that with anointing? I don't mean up here. I mean in Walmart. I mean in your family. The dinner table and at Tim Hortons. And it says, I'm going to cause wonders in the heavens and the signs, well, there's been on the earth below. We've had a sign this week. What a week. The week from Antarctica. (laughs) And the moon's going to be turned blood red. Everybody's looking up at the moon in Australia. It's red. Before the great and glorious day of the Lord, and anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This, this, he says, this is the specific time period right now, and it's for everybody. People, Peter was pretty clear. He says, in the last days, this would not be a one-time event. It would be an ongoing event. Um, I, like m- millions of others, have been filled and am being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's not a one-time experience. It's, an, it's, a, it's over and over and over and over again. Now, you read in chapter 4, the same guys that prayed for boldness, they prayed for them again to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want, I want us to know that one of the lies is, well, that happened then. What about today? No, that's all happened. No, no, what about today? God said, I am, not I was. I am. Who is God for you today? Is he the way maker, the promise keeper? I'm glad we can sing it. I want us to live it. All right, huge, huge change. The other other changes, and and maybe this might be something you do. This is what I did. As I was reading through the book of Acts, I said, what what were these guys like that were filled with the Spirit? Yeah, 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 they spoke with tongues. But there's a whole bunch of other things they were doing. When you read in, in uh, verse 41, it says those, those who believe and are baptized as they were added to the church. When God fills you with the Spirit, he'll add you to a church. Not subtract you. He'll add you to a family, to a body where you can grow and learn. Mm-hmm. They join with one another and other believers. They have a fellowship in the koinonia. And it says that they devoted themselves to the teaching and to fellowship, sharing the Lord's Supper and prayer. So this couple, once, once these guys were filled with the Holy Spirit, they devoted themselves for regular times of communion and regular times of prayer. It says this, there was, and also there was a deep sense of awe. What a result. And it says that the apostles, after they're filled with the Spirit, they perform many miraculous signs and wonders. This for us. 
It's for all. Signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly. What a great thing. Meeting together constantly. They, and they shared everything. When you're filled with the Spirit, you'll want to share. It's the only way to get your kids to learn to share. Get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Mine. They sold their possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. Gosh, the amount of times I've had discussions with people is, is, the, is tithing New Testament or Old Testament. Good night. That's all God's. That he gives you 90% to use is an incredible grace. <clears throat> he says they sold, they, they, they shared everything. What a, what a profound in, uh, experience. And says they worshiped together at the temple each day. That's a lot. And they met in homes. And the Lord showed, they shared meals. And here's what other, other example of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Joy. Great joy. You got the joy, joy, joy down in your heart. Get it out into the world. Come on. And generosity. And all the while they praise God. Enjoying the goodwill of all people. Are you enjoying goodwill with people? No, well, you need another filling. I just, just feel this in my heart. And each day the Lord added to their group those who are being saved. There were, all right, let me, point number one, done. Much debate. There's boldness. I've already talked about this power. It's easy to see in the life of Peter, he, he, was, he got scared off by a servant girl, and all of a sudden he's preaching 3,000 were saved. What happened to this guy? He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, a new desire to witness. He says, he says what's going to happen is once I fill you with the Holy Spirit, you're going you're gonna to want to tell people about what I've done. And when you begin to testify about what I've done, there's going to be a weight with your words. I sometimes listen for the weight in words. Someone will speak to you and I go, mm, that's coming from the head. I mean, I don't say that. But then I, then I listen to people and all of a sudden, ooh, that came from the heart. That's got conviction. That got, has some energy. Something different about that word. I can hear people's stories and I'll spot the moments where there's weight. Is there weight in your words? Do you have conviction behind what you're saying? He says that once you're filled with the Spirit, you're not just going to have boldness, but there's going to be weight in those words that you share. He says, you're going to be my witnesses. The same word as martyr. Anyway, uh, it wasn't an obligation. It was a desire. You're going to have new desires. Peter preached, he proclaimed, and he prophesied with incredible results. And if you have the Acts in your Bible, you can't deny the impact of Pentecost. They were in awe. And, and uh, let me just, I just want to move along because I got to get to point three, four, and five. They'll go quick. That was a, that was a hearty introduction. But you know, I, I was just thinking this the other day, like, I'm a bit weary with some of the politically correct agendas that are taking place in our nation. I'm weary. <laughs> what's right, what's wrong, who's this, who's this, who's... Dear Lord, it, I, I don't know if you feel like me or not, but, but I'm just weary. Um, my conviction is that if we could just get people filled with the Holy Ghost, they'll walk differently. <laughs> they'll think differently. <laughs> I just, I, this whole thing about conversion therapy, well, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about conversion, being born again by the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and then learning to walk in the Spirit. There'll be no confusion about who you are or what sex you are. <laughs> if you'll walk with the Lord, he'll straighten all that stuff out. Let's not point fingers about that stuff. Let's just get them involved with Jesus and baptized in the Holy Spirit and let them get in that water and wherever the water flows, there's life. 
We need the life of God in the hearts of men and women. Okay. Something happened when they were touched. There was an evidence, lots of evidence. And um, he said, what you're seeing, not what you're feeling, what you're seeing is the fulfillment of Joel for all people. Um, one, of the, one of the clear things that, that they saw at the, at the end of Peter's um, preach, what was profound, um, he, he, he walked away from that, that sermon and the first place he went was, the, was to the, by the gate, beautiful. It's a beautiful picture because, because Jesus is the gate. You could, say the, you, could, you could say the gate beautiful is the Jesus gate. And this man was sitting there and he was crippled. And uh, he wanted some money. By the way, those gift cards are awesome to give to people, right? We don't never keep coins. Uh, young, it's easier giving a gift card. Instead of 50 cents, you get like a $10 gift certificate. Uh, anyway, he's, he's crippled. And um, he's crippled. And um, he says, yeah, we don't have that, but what we have. Hello? He said, but here's what we've got. We don't got that, silver and gold. <clears throat> But what we have, we're going to give to you. And he said, once they got what they had, what was that? They were filled with the power of God. Once they had that, then what happened? Once you have that, you've got it all. Once you got him, you don't need anything more. You got him, you got it all. And once you got him, it's not enough to keep him. You got to give him away. He said, yeah, we don't got what you're asking for, but we got what you really need. And they took him by the hand and said, in the name above every other name, rise up and walk. The evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life is where you go, people can be healed. It's just a simple, simple statement, but needs a little bit of exercise. Come on, Lord. Minister to your body today. Boldness and fullness lead to the overflow. That's a physical touch. Romans, or Acts chapter 6, we see a story of the, uh, there were some people, the widows, and some people needed some food. And um, <clears throat> he said, here's what we need. We need some people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, does it take being filled with the Holy Spirit to serve soup? Well, I mean, well, that's, sorry, that's rhetoric. You don't have to answer. Um, well, it doesn't. I've been served soup, but lots of people aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. Whatever. But he said, pick from among you. He said, find some men who are filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Well, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you actually have access to wisdom. So he said, find some men who are filled with the Holy Spirit. What was he looking for? Honestly, I, I sort of believe, he, he said, he, what were they doing? They were waiting on tables. Uh, I just love that they took some people who were extremely visibly touched by God to serve. Wasn't, wasn't <clears throat> nobody needs to be like, we don't, it's not a requirement. If you want to be a parking attendant, you don't have to be filled with the Spirit. Not really. But, but here's what's amazing to me. He said he, he wanted people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. I think the, the purest servants are the ones who are filled with the Holy Spirit. They have no agenda. Oh, we're just here to serve. It's beautiful. Uh, but, but the other thing that happened in chapter 6, um, so they laid hands on people. They found some people. And, um, and, 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 then I, and then in the next chapter... Seven or eight, eight, chapter eight, opposition rise up. Every time you find people getting filled with the Holy Spirit and God starts to pour out his spirit and release people in the power of the Holy Spirit, opposition rises up. Um, that's okay because now you've got the ability within you to withstand that. 
before you wouldn't have, but now you've got it. Um, chapter 7 is the most profound sermon that I ever read. Maybe it was just me and I was a little bit foggy, but I just go, wow, who preached that sermon? That was Stephen. God, who was he? He was a servant at a table. He said, pick some men. Stephen was one of the men that was, they picked one of the most profound preachers among them. But you know, he said, I don't need a pulpit. I'm going to be the hands and arms of Jesus right here. I'm going to serve soup. What a picture. And, and then it says of Stephen in verse, uh, right down there in verse 8, Stephen, a man full of grace, God's grace and power. He performed many amazing miracle signs. You would have said, oh, let's put him in a healing crusade. They put him at a table serving. Well, he didn't mind serving. It wasn't about him. It was about the one that's flowing through him. Do you see the amazing, they took a guy who was incredibly gifted, incredibly anointed, that could have had his own ministry worldwide, and he's serving at tables. And what's the result of him being filled with the Holy Spirit, preaching so great and serving soup so great? He gets stoned. I mean, literally stoned. <clears throat> profound. It's profound. Um, anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of that. You read it yourself this week. It's just so profound. So one of the, one of the evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the power of healing that's available to you and I. Recently, I practiced that. The next thing that's profoundly evidence is the power of love. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 says, God's love has been poured into your hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Your only source, I tell all young couples this, your only, your only hope for your marriage is to get back to the source, and that's Jesus. He says, he says, the Holy Spirit has poured out love. You, anybody short on love? My hand's up first. I always feel, God, I need to love more. Here's what you need to be. You need to be filled more. You need to be filled again. And over and over and over again. And again and again and again. You need the, the power of love working in you. How did it work <clears throat> for you? Acts chapter 13, verse 52, it says, they were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Supernatural love. Supernatural joy. This is all poured out on young disciples. I had... One of the ministers yesterday from, or on Friday, uh, that I'd known from a long time ago, he says, um, we hear that you're doing, that, that you're doing amazing, that you're, the, how do you put it, church is doing great here or something. And, um, and um, anyway, he says, okay, you guys, just hold it. Let's give credit to where credit's due. It's, I just stand up. It's the Holy Spirit. I can't save anybody, heal anybody. I can't do any of that. But, he, but he, if we don't have him, we don't have anything. Just one drop, just one moment will change everything for you. He can reconstruct your DNI in a, in a nanosecond. The, the next thing, of course, uh, and I got four of them here, and the, the last uh, five will be the best, uh, <clears throat> is the power to prophesy. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit out, and they will prophesy. Um, Acts chapter 19 says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There's some, we get caught up on the speaking in tongues. They were prophesying as well. They were, they, it wasn't that they, that, that they were just babbling. They were actually releasing words that touched people's hearts. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8 says someday prophecy will start. Or sorry, it will stop. It's going to stop when we're able to see perfectly. When the perfect is perfect, when we get to heaven, prophecy will stop. We're not going to need to see in part or speak in part because we'll know perfectly. But until then, we prophesy. <sighs> no, I get a growl. I want to just, God, let us step out and prophesy. Um, um, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 19 says, don't put out the fire. Don't quench the spirit. Why? Because it's quenchable. You can quench the spirit. Did you know that? 
It tr- this fire starts to rise up within you and you start to sense something, feel something. Oh, I'm going to look funny. I'm going to sound funny. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, but we're going to die to self, right? It's not about you. It's about them. It's not about you. The world needs world need you not filled, but spilt. They need to experience your, the filling. Um, John chapter 16 and verse 13 says, but when he comes, he'll guide you into truth. He'll speak. He'll tell you what's ahead and he'll reveal himself to you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and I, at least four things happens. He guides us into truth. He speaks to us. He tells us what's ahead, and he reveals himself to you. Is that, uh, <clears throat> am I making sense to anybody? Do you, anybody need love? Anybody desire to prophesy? Does anybody need boldness? Does anybody want to hear him speak? Does anybody interested in what's ahead? Your answer is the Holy Spirit. I was talking about the Holy Spirit this morning. As a helper, not a doer, he'll help you. He won't do it for you. You gotta open your mouth, you gotta do the walk, and you gotta do the talking, but he'll inspire the words. I'm feeling inspired today. I'm drying myself out an awful lot. Last point <clears throat> or two. Power, the other thing is the power of his presence. Signs and wonders, signs and wonders uh, were okay, here's what, here's what I found. When the Holy Spirit is present, he's not silent. He has a still, quiet voice, but he's not silent. Whenever the Holy Spirit's present, see, this morning he's speaking, not just through my rants, but as you're sitting there, you're processing stuff. Am I right? You're thinking, I know. Well, the Holy Spirit's trying to lead you into truth, trying to remove some lies and line you up with truth because he wants you liberated and free. He wants this decade to be your best decade. If you, unless you want it like the last, you're going to have to change some things. Am I right? You're going to have to make some adjustments. Well, he's going to lead you into truth. You're going to make those adjustments. When he's present, he's speaking. So he's speaking now. What's he saying? I don't know for you. I know what he's saying through me. What's he saying to you? The, when you're baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, he begins to speak to us. Now here, here. It's on the inside of me. He begins to speak to me. So, well, Pastor Lauren, how does he do that? He's got a thousand ways to speak to you. A thousand. Well, more than a thousand, but I'm just trying to emphasize a point. He can speak to you in a gazillion ways. He can speak to you in more ways than our national debt. He, he can speak to you in any way he wants. He's the one that authored you, created you, is now trying to liberate you, and he wants to speak to you. I want to share a few ways that he speaks to us. Um, so many times, um, he said, old man, old man dream dreams and young men. I still have visions and dreams. I'm right in that middle part. There, there's so many different types of visions. I don't have chance, to, like time to, enough to talk about this morning. But you, you can be talking to somebody and all of a sudden you'll get a little flash of a picture. It's like that. That's, it's, that's still and small. It's like... It's like, it just feels like a, you, doesn't, you may not even, you probably won't feel it. There's no feeling to a vision, rarely. He won't throw you into a trance on the floor, look like an epileptic. He won't, I mean, he can if he wants, but he, that's not primarily, when he's giving you a vision, he'll just give you a little, bah, bah. so if this happens to me, and I so want to be obedient to this, but I'll just get a little picture for a second. This word, this is, this is, this is not for just church. This is for your work. 
I love hearing Gord tell stories. I'm sitting in the boardroom, and I say, Lord, what's this thing? And all of a sudden, an idea will come up, and he'll go, well, well, where did that come from? Well, hello. He's trying to bring his wisdom to your marketplace. When I, when I, I prayed for many people for, for jobs, and I said, oh, yeah, a job's coming your way. Are you ready for it? Well, I wanted one like my old one. Well, what if it's a new one? Here, but, it, but he gives you just a little, it's not big, just small. Uh, the Old Testament would call that a similitude. It's just an image that comes up for a second. Uh, it, takes a, it takes some guts to start to speak those little. But I'm going to tell you, the, the, I, here's because God's trying to release that person. And he's choosing someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit and obedient. He'll fill you if you'll be obedient to use what he's given you. But otherwise, why, why would I give a gift to someone that's not going to use it? I never give a gift to my neighbor. The, okay, well, that's a bad analogy. <laughs> I did, actually, but it's not a, I lied. God speaks dreams, visions. He speaks in little promptings. They're, they're, they're subtle, and they're a little bit outside of character. Give that person a $100 tip. I don't think I heard that. No, honestly, I, I kept a $100 bill in my wallet for a long time because I said, God, it's your money. Yeah, you remember that story? Yeah, I kept it there. And then he starts telling me to give it away. Well, that was the point. I put it there. But then he took me at my word, and I go, oh, just take that out. I'll put a 50 in. Isn't it funny how carnal we are? But he's, he's wanting you to, no, it's my, my confession. It's all of our confessions. It's no different. But what does he want us to do? He wants us to listen to the promptings, obey the promptings, because he's trying to bless us. Yeah. <clears throat> he, little prompts. Um, God speaks in so many ways. He'll speak to, through our emotions. You'll be, you'll be with people and, um, or someplace, and all of a sudden you'll start to feel sad. And you've got to shake yourself out of this. And that's not for you. It's for them. They're feeling sad. Ask them how they're doing. Are they feeling okay? What's he doing? He's, he's using, you're, you're a whole being. Your, your emotions are part of who you are. And you'll start, you'll start to feel something. Say, by the way, can I ask you a question? Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says you should test the spirit. And why does it say that? Because we're goofy. Here's what we'll want to do. We'll want, we'll want to be all about this and look like a, a, like a super saint. So the Lord's telling me, just a minute. The Lord's telling me, in the meantime, the guy said, whoa, this is weird. Here's what you do. You test it. Say, by the way, are you feeling a little sad these days? I mean, just try it. What if you're wrong? Well, what if you're right? I understand. I heard you all in your thinking right there. I heard you. Loud and clear. We're nervous about you. We want the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to be the ability, but we don't want to use it. <clears throat> I know you think you want to use it until he gives you the opportunity, and then you've got to exercise it in faith. Pastor, why don't you do it? When people... For the last, last year, we, we, we prophesied over a bunch of people and prayed for a lot of people. Can we have those healing services every week? I said, well, why don't you do it through the week? Don't wait for me to do it. you got the same power. No senior and junior, uh, Holy Spirit. Y'all got it. Use it. Okay. I'm being nice, right? I know I'm, I know I'm coming to the end of my time. Um, <clears throat> he speaks through flashes. He speaks through words. He speaks through our bodies. Um, test stuff. I... I I have learned over and over and over again. When someone says, God's telling me, or God has said that I need to do this, if you have to say that, just be ready for the backlash if it doesn't happen. Because you'll really disappoint people, and you'll turn them from God rather than turn them to God. 
I mean, if you have to say, thus saith the Lord, who am I to say don't do it? But, I, but there's a part of testing that. Why don't you go like this? By the way, I'm just feeling that you're, or I'm feeling, could this be, are you, well, he's waiting for you to testify about who he is, not about them thinking you're awesome. He's waiting for you to step out. Okay. <clears throat> and then my last point. Oh, I did, I, oh yes, that was it. Um, <clears throat> you got to read like the book of Acts. Acts chapter 9, he speaks in a vision. He, he, he tells, um, you know, uh, long story. Last, last uh, thing I need to say. Um, one of the greatest benefits of being filled with the Spirit is hearing his voice. And, 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 the, and, and the way that he wants to, to prophesy... It just means that God's revealing something to you you may not have known of your own. It's kind of like a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You're speaking something um, that the Lord is giving you. And the greatest challenge is when it doesn't make sense at all. Because your head tries to go, hey, but what about this? What about this? Have you ever had an argument with yourself? Nobody else is listening, but you're, yeah, but oh, what about, and if, but what if, but, but, but you guys got to silent that stuff. And, and, and my encouragement this morning is it not, that not we be filled once, but that we be filled and being, being filled and being filled over and over and over again. All right. Being filled with the Spirit, being saved, it's a doorway into a new life. If you, need new, if you need new power, you need new joy, you need new boldness, you need new love. Uh, you know, many times when people get touched by the Holy Spirit, they actually, all kinds of stuff happens. Don't worry about that, Really? Um, I'm trying to instruct this in the proper use of moving in the Spirit. Um, it's very likely that you will speak in other tongues, but you don't have to. Read through the book of Acts. All kinds of stuff happen when people are touched by God. I know, I think it's an obvious outer evidence. But if you're wondering, like last week, so many people stood up that were dry. The only, the only solution is water. Get in the river. It's the only, only solution. The pastor asked me the other day, he said, how does... How's things going at the church? I said, they're smooth. He said, wow, how's that working? I said, well, the Holy Spirit's oil on the gears of that church. If there's no gear, you ever, you ever heard a gear that doesn't have oil? It's grumpy, isn't it? It's grinds, doesn't it? The only way the church is going to work is with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way he's going to touch hearts, change hearts. I'm not about raising, raising the, the budget. I'm about releasing the Holy Spirit. And then God speak to you to do what you need to do. If you touch, God touches you, you you're your wallet will just come flying out and not just here but with your family and everywhere God will, you, if you need a little touch of generosity today you need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit I've had a whole bunch of nods all through this sermon like a whole bunch I wonder what we're going to do now <laughs> Whew. You know, I love praying for people and let them experience the power of God. But I think that, I think we should just stand. And I'm going to, I am going to invite people to be prayed for today. I want to pray for people. <clears throat> You've been asking to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you think something's missing in your life. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. And check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.